This is Dale Tempest, and you're listening to the Fulham Focus Podcast. Hello and welcome to the Fulham Focus podcast. I have returned from Bristol in several pieces after drinking 12 hours straight yesterday. I knew this was going to be a tough one. This performance for me is divided between two types of people. The ones who say, we were great, we created chances, and another day that would be 3-1. Versus the people like myself who think that was beyond disappointing, crap final third display, awful crossing and set pieces, and we only had any desire to score or win the game once we started losing. Let's see if my co-hosts, Will and Baldo, can add some more depth to this never-ending Fulham dilemma, whilst keeping our eye on the table. Are West Brom the ones to now catch? See you in five seconds. Fulham. Hello, guys. Right, well, I'll just start with the actual opening stats because we haven't done that before so we had 56.9% possession to their 43.1 we had 19 shots to their 14 five on target to their eight we had seven off target to their two and we had seven blocked to their four so on paper in my opinion Bristol were the better team in this game but let's start with the opening lineup young Will what were your thoughts when you saw what Scott Parker had decided to open with this game um, yeah, I think it's quite a recognisable lineup. Um, you know, I, I wouldn't have really expected much different. Maybe apart from Kamara coming in, um, I thought he was quite good. I'm sure we'll get onto that a bit later on. But he was. Um, I think he offered something different to what Knockart usually does. Um, Midfield-wise, I think we were kind of all expecting it. Same as um, Christie coming in for Joe Bryan, who, who I think did all right. Um, but obviously he did really well when he came on for Joe Bryan last week. But yeah, I think it's quite a self-explanatory lineup, apart from maybe Kamara for knockout. Um, yeah, I think the lineup sort of speaks for itself for the most part. Now, unless there is an injury, I think you know ninety-five percent of Fulham fans can sort of guess what the what the lineup is going to be. I think the only real you know surprise, and we're going to talk about we're going to talk about this later, is the fact that Kamara started. I've been a staunch advocate. Probably going back to going back to the promotion year, I think it was that he's not a starter; he's an impact sub. And despite the fact that he's done so well being an impact sub, I think he needs to stay. He needs to stay there. I still don't trust him enough to be a full time starter at this point. But yeah, the the rest of the team more or less, more or less picks itself at the at this stage of the season. Yeah, it was like a 4-1-4-1 sort of thing. Really, it had sort of Harry Arter as the defensive midfielder, and you had. Tom Kearney and Bobby Reed as sort of like a double number 10 role going forward. Now, I was coming to Bobby Reed. This was Bristol City's 125-year anniversary match, so their fans were really up for it. And, you know, the first time Bobby Reed had returned to Ashton Gate, and he was given a good reception. Now, his header, this is the first chance, his header in the 27th minute was the best chance of the first half. And I'm sure he would have loved to have gone in against his old club, but... He should have done better there, don't you think, Young Will? Oh, I think there's a lot of chances we're going to mention about Bobby Reed in this game, but I feel like uh, the, the maybe the occasion got to him slightly. Yeah, I mean, well, I was watching it, and from the angle it was on, I, I just thought he scored. Yeah, and that's what he, that's what he should have done, really, from there. Um, 
although obviously you're running into a box a bit of speed and you got to get the trajectory right, the jump right, everything like that. But yeah, he headed it wide and really he should have at least got it on target, but he didn't even trouble the keeper. Keeper didn't have to move. Um, and yeah, it wasn't really that powerful either, to be honest. It's quite a light header. Um, mm. But yeah, he would have loved to score, I think. He he really wanted it. You, we Like you say, we'll probably talk about this later on, but the amount of shots he had, um, yeah, he, he could have scored a hat-trick. But yeah, should have definitely done better with that header. Reese, you were talking about AK-47, how you prefer him as an impact sub. But I thought, like Will in this game, actually, he was quite good. He made some clever passes, a really, really nice slick pass to Bobby Reed at one point. But the other thing is he hit the side netting uh, moments after uh, Bobby Reed's missed header. And he should have done a bit better, but his presence from the start made us look a lot more balanced in the side in general. Wouldn't you agree? I mean, him and Cavalera were swapping sides a bit, but... I. I just give me your thoughts on AK, actually, just elaborate a bit what you thought of him as a starter in this game as opposed to being the impact sub. Yeah, um, it's, he, well, he's a very different winger to, you know, what Anthony Knockhart says. And, you know, the guy, the guys from Sky were saying it is that they're not really two wingers. They're sort of inside forwards. And it's whether or not they sort of work together. Yes, they swap wings and they did, they did. They did sort of well. But Bubakar Kamara, what you want with Alexandra Mitrovic is someone whipping the balls into him. You want basically you want traditional wingers. And if you look at the guys we've had in the past, Ryan Sessignon was more of a traditional winger than in that in that sense. Even go back, you know, Niskins Cabano, Flor Aite, even to a lesser extent, the lesser spotted Shea Ojo was a traditional winger. And you know, he was a fullback, but Matt Target, what you want is guys whipping the ball into the box for Alexandra Mitrovic and then Bobby Reed maybe uh, pick, picking up the scraps if Mitrovic doesn't get anywhere. So I think Kamara and Caviero, um, they work fine. As it, It's a bit weird. I don't think they work well as a team together. I think you need at least one traditional winger in that sense. And that's where I would have preferred Anthony Knockhart in that in that situation over, over Kamara. Uh, I, I do see what you're saying with that. But if Knockhart would actually cross... And the problem is, like you're saying, he is kind of a traditional winger that that should cross things like that. Um, but for me, he doesn't. He, he spends too long on the ball, um, and he just doesn't get the ball in the box. Kamara, for me, yeah, he might not be the winger that crosses it all the time, stays out wide, and does play more of an inside forward. But I, I think he, I think he played really well. Um, and there, I think there is still a bit of that maturity that needs to take place with a few of the decisions, like the side netting one, that's a bit of a stupid, stupid thing to do. But I think he brought more life to the game. And for me, he was our main threat um, against City. Uh, but yeah, if he... I, I wouldn't be unhappy with him playing. But then again, I wouldn't be upset with upset with knockout playing. So... I don't really mind, but I think yeah, and the thing, and the thing, and the thing is, we've seen come out. We saw what he did, you know, for the for Mitrovic's winner against Swansea. We know that he can cross the ball into the box, but for some reason, he just isn't really consistent enough with it. That would make me yeah. want to have him there as a as a full time winger slash inside ball, whatever you want to call it. Well, yeah. you know, after 30 minutes, there was some classic showboating from Cav, who looked one way and then passed the other, which led to a corner. He then took the corner from, which went straight out of play, and. For me, this really sums him up. So I'm just basically saying that I don't think any of our wingers are consistent at all at the moment. I don't think they have been for a, a while. I mean, one thing that Bristol did really well was exploiting our wings. Um, you know, their fullbacks bombed forward and they had just so much pace. And I just feel like at the moment, 
there's just Cavalera for me just wasn't having a particularly good game. Some people think he was great. Again, it's divide between the two types of people that watched this match. But for me, I just feel like Cavalera needs to maybe sit a game out. Not that Cabano did much better when he came on for him, but there's just something wrong with our wingers. We go forward and then reverse it backwards. It's like watching, I don't know, like an amazing film that you're illegally streaming, but it just keeps buffering and buffering and it keeps you know, going backwards and backwards. It's it's very frustrating to watch, wouldn't you say, Will? Because I think Cavalera wasn't very consistent either in this game at all. Yeah, I mean, he showed some of his class throughout the season with, you know, some of them goals it's known as the kind of traditional Cav goal now, but he's not he's not consistent enough. But neither are any of our wingers. We've seen some magic from Knockout, but he can't do it every game. Same as Kamara, he can't do it every game. But yeah, Cav, I, I don't know. He he was, you know, in Wolves promotion season, one of their best players. Um, and for me against Bristol City, he was one of our worst players. I don't think, I think, yeah, there was a few, like you're saying, okay crosses and a bit of showboating, but... It's mm. nothing really led to anything that dangerous for me. Um, yeah, I, about one, I just don't good, think one good cross for him, I think. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And we just need the thing is, it's hard to say because I really like Kamara, I really like Knockout, and I do really like Cav, but they can't seem to do it week in, week out, and that's not going to be good enough. If if we do end up going up, it's not going to be good enough for Premier League, that's for sure. Mm. Arguably, I mean, these they're not the type of players that should be playing possession-based football. Maybe they're more counter-attacking. What are your thoughts quickly on Cavalera, Reese, if any at all, mate? Um, I think I think Will's touched on it. I think we've touched on it before in the pocket. Is him and Anthony Knockart, when they're good, they are brilliant. But when they're off it, they are just terrible. And it's about getting the consistency. We say consistency, we can say about more or less every single member of the squad this season, even, you know, top scorer in the league, I think he might still be. I wasn't sure how we how Ollie Watkins got on yesterday. Top scorer in the league, Alexander Mitrovic, has his off days this season. So yeah. I think it's inc- consistency is has really been our downfall. It's it's something that's affected the whole squad, not just the not just the wingers. Yeah, it's just one of those games, I'm afraid, where I just really wasn't enjoying watching it. I, I was one of the negative people watching it, I'm afraid. I just found it very just dancing around, fannying around, I think is the word that we like to use in the words. Just so much fannying around the box all the time. It's just almost like we want to walk it in most of the time. Now, just towards the end of the first half, I mean, I think there was a moment we nearly scored about three times, wasn't there? I mean, Bobby Reed had a shot saved right on half time. Um, then moments later, Harry Arter dragged a shot wide. I mean, there, there was some decent pressure from us right toward the end of the first half, wouldn't you say, Will? Uh, yeah, yeah. I, I don't think it was a bad performance, to be honest. I know you're saying there's two types of people, and for you, it wasn't a great performance. But I, I think, for me, we got in great positions, but we just couldn't finish it. And I think, like you said, was it 19 shots, five on target? That's mm-hmm. that's really not great. Um, Bobby Reed, he got in so many great positions, but he just yeah. couldn't finish it. And, and he needs to be more clinical, more ruthless, because he seems quite timid and he doesn't want to seem to take risks. And I've actually said that before on, on this podcast that, you know, um, he doesn't seem to take risks and it's a lot of players in the team. They don't want to take on their man, take first time shots because it doesn't, it doesn't, if we're not doing that, we're not going to score really. 
Do you think Bobby Reese just a bit too lightweight for you as well, Mr. Reese? I mean, the second half, I'll just start by saying the second half, there wasn't much to write about, um, you know, to begin with. I mean, well, actually, there was an amazing save from Rodak who managed to shift his body in balance to stop a Tim Ream uh, deflection going in, which could have been an absolute disaster. But shortly after that, you had a great pass uh, from Harry Arter to Mitro with a one-touch pass to Bobby Reed, And then Bobby just misses the chance when he could have easily passed back to Mitro with the formies. And I mean, just your general thoughts on Bobby Reed as a, well, just your thoughts on Bobby Reed. Well, I sort of want to take the Bobby Reed point. You know what um, Young Will was saying there, sort of as a whole, and the decision making again has been something that's been utterly terrible from us at the points this uh, points this season. You know, passing when we should have shot, shooting when we should have passed, so on and so mm. forth. You know, like, I know we're get, we're going to get onto the Tom Kenny goal, but that Tom Kenny goal was something we saw countless times. You know, in the seasons on the slab where he take where he take risks from outside the box. You're thinking Leeds. You're thinking. Um, uh, uh, Newcastle away, mm, Count, mm. countless, countless others. I'm thinking even even go back to the Kit Simons, Kit Simmons days, um, where he's, he scored a couple of beautiful goals. It, it, it just we just seem to be lacking that killer instinct and being willing to trying, you know, trying to create something rather than, as you say, fanning around or pissing around, whichever phrase you whichever phrase you desire, whichever phrase you desire to use. And you know, Bobby Reed is you know just an example of someone who who is guilty of that, as is you know. Plenty of other players in the squad. Well, we'll mention Tom Kearney's goal because it was an equaliser. So let's first talk about the first goal that was scored. Now, Cavalier went off in the 66th minute and was replaced by Niskin Skibana, who I was actually quite excited to to see. Um, pretty much invisible this game for me, but we'll talk about that. But a few minutes later, we found ourselves a goal behind. And I would just like to get your thoughts uh, young Will, on who you think was to blame for this Naki Wells goal? Because it looks like an absolute mess to watch again and again on the highlights. And I think it could be a mixture between three different people to blame here, maybe. Yeah, I, I don't think it's good organisation from anyone, to be honest. Um, hmm. First of all, Harry Arthur, I think it is, just hasn't really jumped for the clearance. He just kind of stood there and it's. I think it might have came off him in the end and gone straight back into the box. Um, then I think some point Ream was out-muscled. I think Parker was trying to say it was a push, but I just think he's been out-muscled, to be honest. Um, yeah. And then Kearney tries to do an overhead kick instead of trying to <laughs> head it. But then then Ream's come... Ream, to be fair, has tried his best to recover, while Hector and Christie haven't really moved for it. I guess it was on the other side of the box, but didn't really seem to mm. help out. And Rodak can't really do anything, you know. I think he's headed it no, into the I, ground I, and passed no, Rodak. Nothing wrong but, with Mario. Yeah, the defending, you know, we, we look quite solid throughout most of the game. Um, they, they Most of their shots came outside the box, I think. Um, but it was just, I don't know, a bit all over the place. Um, mm. And it's things like that that can cost us because really, if we could defend that properly, there was a few errors that could have stopped that goal. Yeah. There were a couple of scary moments throughout the game. Uh, I remember there was a moment where was, I think it was like four or five of their players versus Tim Ream at one point. That was pretty scary. I mean, I was sitting in the home end, unfortunately, so everything seemed scary to me that game. Reese, talk to me about the goal. Um, yes, I think it's a catalogue of errors. There's about five or six people who you could you know, who you could argue take the blame. Will uh, ran through it perfectly. Um, I think Tim Ream, I, no, friend, can we call Tim Ream friend of the show, seeing as I bumped into him at the ice hockey the other day? I think we could officially uh, say yeah, that Tim Ream is a friend of the show. We may as well. <laughs> Tim Ream, yeah, no. loved it, love it. Tim Ream, absolutely love it. Um, that was nice. Tim Ream was sort of just playing the warrior role, just... 
he was basically trying to make up uh, and clear up the mess that everyone else was trying to make because he was the one yeah. who went barreling in um, to get the header. Then it comes back in, which left Jadu, Jadu, however, however you pronounce that geezer's name, um, unmarked. We all struggle, don't um, worry. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, um, Rodak yeah, could have done better, but I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna. He, he comes very low on the list of people to blame on there. Yeah, yeah. it was just a disaster, disaster all over the shop. It was, you know. Bodies everywhere it was like the casualty ward on Holby City. Wink, 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 wink. Very nice. The thing is, I mean, I don't, I can't blame, I can't blame. It's an I can't insulting blame joke, you. by the way, for everyone, for the um, people listening yeah. on Full of Focus. I'm just, just stay tuned for when is it, J Mac? May, I don't know, June? May or June. Just, just stay yeah. tuned, guys. Stay tuned. <laughs> the thing is, I, I find Reem, Reem can't really do too much there. I mean, he's he's trying to do a two person job. I can't blame him too much. I think Mitro actually could have potentially uh, headed the ball away, but he missed it. Um, so that would have helped. But, you know, Mitro's a striker. I mean, he's we asked too much of him at times at the best of times. Anyway, now, Anthony Notcart replaced Tim Ream in the 82nd minute, which I thought was quite weird, but we we're obviously going free at the back at that point. And it's 1-1 with a fantastic goal by Tom Kearney. And I believe this is his 50th goal. And Will, talk to me about this goal, but also talk to me about Tom Kearney's mentality from the very start of this game, because I think he was probably our brightest spark throughout the entire match. Yeah, I mean, I think it's Arta that was driving forward. And then, to be honest, they could have got a foul for that, because I think Arta's managed to kick one of the um, Bristol City players' legs. and But, you know, <laughs> there's a few people complaining for a foul on both teams. But Kearney, you know, he's carried on, which is something we haven't seen from Kearney because in, you know, a few games before this, he could have just given up and started to call for the foul as well. But like you say, his mentality's, you know, got got him the goal, really. He's wanted to score and he's picked up the ball and just, you know, nice shot. Very hard to save. I'd be impressed if anyone would save that, to be honest. And he's straight in the corner. Um, but yeah, like you say, I've I've said it before as well. The last few games, Kearney's mentality has been great. And yeah, maybe Very. he's wouldn't be the best captain out of, you know, maybe McDonald or Johansson, because we've said that. But he's starting to become more like that captain that we want to see him as. He, he's getting getting involved in tackles more, um, running around the pitch more. He wants he he seems to like want to encourage the team and he wants us to win games and you can see it. It's come out in the last few games. I think it was great. Uh, he created lots of chances, played lots of passes, wanted to keep the ball, wanted the ball at his feet. And without him, we probably wouldn't have got the point, you know? No, it seems like we're really starting to see the Kearney we've all missed. And it's very, 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 very important that he's picking up form at this point of the season when it's starting to seem like, you know, we're getting a bit crapper with our wingers in the final third. Reese, your thoughts on Tom Kenny and his 50th goal for us. Lovely, isn't it? Um, you saying it's very, very important. He's picked up the form. I'd say that it's a couple of games too late. Wouldn't anybody say that? The fact, you no. Know, why are we? Mm. Why are we doing? Why are we doing it now? Not a couple well, of weeks ago when leads were faltering and we had, you know, the chance to overtake them. Where was the Tom Kearney form then? But, but anyway, I digress. Yeah, Tom <laughs> Kearney. I sort of, I sort of alluded to it earlier. That's what I want to see from him. We know he has it in his locker, but for some reason, under Scott Parker. I don't know if it's a him. I don't know if it's Scott Parker thing, if it's a style thing, or if it's a Tim Kearney thing. Maybe he wants to the captain wasting opportunities. I don't know. 
but mm. he just doesn't seem to be shooting from outside the box regularly. And when we see that, when we see that, it, it's a, it's just a joy to behold. So why he's not doing it more often, it, I, I don't know. But yeah, kudos to him. Fifty goals, well done. Clap, clap, clap. Clap, clap, Sorry, clap. Ran, mini and, rant over. No, no, that's good. It's good. To, it's good to have a different opinion on that. And I think you're right in some degree. I think Bobby Reed also compliments Kenny quite well at the moment. Bobby Reed seems to be getting out of his way quite a lot, which is quite important. Um, maybe that's. I mean, we give Bobby Reed a lot of stick for looking a bit uh, invisible at times, but maybe actually that's to Tom Kenny's benefit. So. Uh, who knows? I think Tom Kenny also seems to be... He, there were times throughout the game and also the last game where he almost looks like a bit of a winger. He's on the left-hand side. He's sort of like doing little crosses in on the, on the, on the flanks, which looks quite weird. But anyway, Bobby Reed has to score at one point because it's a shot that's blocked by Thomas Callas. Uh, I just want to ask what your thoughts of Thomas Callas were in this game. It's good to see him back again. He made some annoying but very good blocks for uh, against us, wouldn't you say, Will? Yeah, I always liked Callas. Um, although he wasn't a regular when we went up, he played quite a few games. I remember the run specifically against Millwall, I think it was. Um, oh, yeah. He just yeah. ran the whole length of the pitch and then just passed it away. And uh, We scored from it, but um, that, that kind of showed the kind of player he was. A lot of players would have just ran and tried to shoot themselves, even if they're not in the best position. Mm. Um, I wouldn't blame him if he did shoot, but, you know, he wanted what's best for the team. I think he does that wherever he goes because he hasn't had the greatest of careers. You know, I feel sorry for... He was at Chelsea for what, like ten years, and mm. I think played little games, if not none. Um, and it, arguably, I think that's know, right, actually. Yeah. he was Chelsea's longest-serving player, and and didn't have an appearance. But I think he just wants what's best for the team there that that he's at. Um, and he showed that yesterday. He was class, which is unfortunate for us, mm. and it showed us what we we could have had maybe if we signed him when we went up. But it's unfortunate. No, I mean, he gave our away fans a nice clap as well when he came for a, a little uh, swig of water next to the goalpost, which was nice, um, really nice from him. Um, you know, Bobby Reed, you know, he should be scoring there. Should have scored a lot this game. Stephanie Hansen came on for Bobby Reed in injury time, actually. And, it's, you know, some people could say it was maybe a chance for, I don't know, Bobby Reed to be given a bit of a cheer from the home fans but I genuinely think it's because Bobby Reed just literally fluffed a chance too many wouldn't you say there Mr Reed? Yeah absolutely yeah I think it's sort of yeah Hansen needs to start coming on earlier doesn't he? Yeah substitutions are sort of as a whole for Scott Parker and we'll get on to the Parker rating later I know but substitutions as a whole were just quite quite bizarre the fact that we were then you know he he made the attacking change to get us to one all but then just think this might this might just be me wanting to desperately get second place because I don't think we're going mm-hmm. to because I don't I'm not confident of us going through the playoffs. But it it, it just seemed it just seemed an odd choice for how, to have a defensive minded midfielder Stephanie Hansen coming up for an attacking minded midfielder uh, in, or striker whatever you want to call him Bobby Reed come on you know to secure the point. I'd much rather in that situation even though it was what. A minute or two left. Um, I'd much rather us uh, gone for the point, uh, gone for three points rather. Not sure mm. who the more attacking Matt O'Reilly probably more attack minded than Stephanie Hansen, only slightly just. But yeah, it, it it just it just seemed it just seemed a bit of a weird one. And again, just another minus point on Scott Park on Scott Parker. Just bizarre tactical decisions on the day. Yeah, slightly. I mean, Matt O'Reilly being on the bench is a bit weird. If it's if it's quite 
well known behind closed doors, for instance, that Matt O'Reilly is leaving in the summer. I just feel like, why are you playing him on the bench? But maybe there is hope. It would be really good because I think Matt O'Reilly is a huge talent. It'd be great. But also, I just feel like, you know, Scott Parker's never going to go for a win, maybe in this sort of situation, this late in the game against Bristol. But we nearly got it. And it was, I mean, Young Will, let's talk about this. This is from a very annoying, the referee was actually annoying all of this game. Uh, right at the end, the Bristol City keeper collided uh, with Tom Kenny. And, um, you know, what, what were your thoughts? This is a definite blatant penalty, isn't it? I mean, the ref was soft and a bit thick as shit this game. I remember he gave actually a doy, a yellow for practically nothing at one point as well. But anyway, I digress. That's about the referee. Talk to me about the penalty, the non-penalty decision, mate. Yeah, I know. Some of, the, some of his decisions were quite strange throughout the game. Um mm. But to be honest, where he was standing, maybe it was difficult to see, but he's, the keeper swung his leg out. And there's and for an official, there's a good second there, a second or two, where Kenny's gone down before the keeper has the ball. Surely on that pitch and, and the linesman and just how haven't you seen it? it I can't work it out. Um, I think maybe there wasn't as many appeals from Fulham players because... Kenny's interview at the end, he said, you know, he wasn't sure. But then again, he wasn't really looking at the ball because by that time he's been kicked and, you know, there's that as well. But yeah, the ref should have seen that. Um, And when I watch it back every single time, there just seems, I I just can't work it out. And it's it's a reoccurrence, not just for us, because to be honest, there probably has been decisions that have gone our way this season. Totally. And I'm not going to say, you know, they've been against us the whole season, but... The officiating in general in the championship has just been dreadful this season. You know, when you look through social media and what all the fans are saying for every team, it's just the decisions are just very, very strange. Well, it's obviously something that bites us in the ass against Bristol, actually, just come to think of it, because, you know, we were denied a penalty with the Cabano in the last one. Yeah. Uh, Reese, what are your thoughts on this penalty decision, mate? Do you think if the players (laughs) handed up a bit more, we would have maybe got a decision our way? Um, No, I got... Because it, it wasn't until I sort of saw it on the replay that I, you know, saw that he got that he got Tom Kenny first rod on the ball on first Fine. viewing. I thought I thought he's I thought he's timed it perfectly, but so I'm not going to get I'm not going to get too angry about it in a in a VAR world, which I know some members of the Fulham Focus team absolutely hate, but in a VAR world, we probably we probably would have got that decision, but I'd say it's too marginal. It's not it's not a blatant one. Let's put it that way. So I'm not going to get I'm not going to get too annoyed over that because it. it it wasn't. It wasn't. Um, well, obviously, it would have been a game changer, but I'm. I'm not blaming the referee too much for that. No, fair enough. Fair enough. And look, another question I have, and I don't want us to go on about sort of like you know, oh no, but I mean, yeah, he's amazing. He he's he's earned a sort of a bad game here and there. I just want an honest answer from either of you. Just the guy next to me, he was an old Fulham fan, lovely guy, but he just turned to me and said, "I think that's the worst game I've seen Mitrovic play this season or in a very long time." Will would you say that's fair? Yeah, he he wasn't great. Um, the the thing is about Mitrovic, he's one of them strikers that doesn't drop deep, doesn't play as a centre forward at any point, um, and, and when he doesn't score, mm. that makes him look terrible. Because when in the games he scores in, often I think he has done nothing this game, but he's got a goal, so yeah. that's all right. And and usually it's in the games where he doesn't score, where he runs round a bit more, but against Bristol City. 
he just didn't run. He didn't try to find space. And like we said earlier, maybe it's there's not enough crosses coming into the box, not enough movement forward. Yeah. But he 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 was isolated. But again, there's no intention for him or of him to try and get the ball for himself. And obviously he does rely on the players around him, but sometimes, you know, he needs to hold up the play. He needs to play it to the players running around him. And we didn't really see any of that. But he's still world class. And like you said, he's won his points this season. Yeah, against Bristol City, he definitely could have done better. Yeah, I mean, look, Mitro is, we love him. And there's no long-term problem there, other than potentially leaving in the summer if we don't go up. But yeah, it's just one of those days for him. But, you know, I'm sure it'll be fine. Leeds ended up winning 2-0 at home against Huddersfield to go top of the league. And West Brom, lucky for us, drew 0-0 against Swansea. Forrest lost 3-0 at home to Millwall on Friday night. I've got a feeling, you know, Millwall are going to creep into these playoffs. And and Brentford absolutely smashed Sheffield Wednesday 5-0. Now, this leaves us still third, comfortably in third, six points behind West Brom, uh, who are second. And we're four points ahead of Brentford, in who are, you know, fourth. And a win on Friday night against Brentford puts us seven points between us and them and leaves us three behind West Brom, who play at home on Saturday lunchtime against Birmingham. That's going to be quite tasty. It's all getting quite tasty now, isn't it? Wouldn't you say, Mr. Reese? We're doing a Brentford preview midweek, but just talk to me about you know what's going on outside on the table at the moment. Well, that was a hell of a mouthful with all those permutations, it must be said. Um, no, thank you. But, but yeah, um, I I don't know. I, don't, I, I sort of opened up my thoughts of, you know, I joked on social media that, you know, that I gave the old Animal House line, it ain't over till we say it's over. It wasn't over when the Germans bombed Pearl Harbor line. I gave that joke the line, but that was, that was really a joke. I've sort of settled for the playoffs <laughs> since about January, I would say. Basically, um, uh, so I'm not really going to get all this fuss. I think we're probably pretty much safe when it comes to a playoff spot. Um, what are we nine points clear of Bristol City at the moment? If we were to win on Friday night, God help us if we because we're going to need it. Um, mm. Seven clear of Brentford, I think that probably locks us up for more or less locks us up for a playoff spot. But as I've said, I can't see us. I can't see us winning the playoffs. So I don't know. I'm just pretty much relaxed about this whole thing because I, I don't see us getting promoted. So I'm not going to get all excited or disappointed at it because I've sort of accepted that fact uh, pre- pretty early. So sorry to put a downer on the whole thing. No, that's lovely. That's lovely. That's that, right. Well, that's negative, Nigel. I'm going to talk to positive Percy. Will, what would you like to say about this? Um, yeah, it's it's going to be a hard push to get into second. It's definitely still possible because West Brom. This, isn't positive, Leeds, this seem, is not. This is not positive Percy stuff, mate. This is not. It's going to be. Percy. It's <laughs> going. To be. Um, no, West Brom and Leeds. One of them seems to slip up at least every week. Um, so there's still a chance. But the thing is. We were, you know, winning, 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 draw to Bristol City. And it's like, ah, if we win the rest of our games, it'll be all right. But Mm. the problem is, is with these draws that keep sneaking in and maybe one loss throughout the season. Yeah, that's all right. But in this last stretch of games when we need them points, it's not. So it's definitely still possible. Um, Yeah. In the playoffs that, yeah, I am going to be a bit negative here. There's only a few teams I could see us winning against. Brentford. It's, I'm not looking forward to Friday. I know, like you said, there's going to be a preview midweek, but that that that's a, not a game I want to go to. I went to Brentford away and we just got outclassed everywhere. But it's definitely, mm. second place is still possible. It is still possible. It is still possible. I think this Friday against Brentford, like we say, we're doing a preview, blah, 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 is that 
it is a very good opportunity as an audition to sort of find out how we could fare in the playoffs. We did, you know, we haven't done great against the top six teams, but if we can pull off a type of result, I mean, unfortunately, I think the general consensus is, a, a, you know, a draw would be a decent result against Brentford because that's how high flying they look at the moment. But it could really be a good audition to prove how we could fare in the playoffs because it is a knockout competition once again. And the positive people would say that form goes out the window entirely once you're in them. So who, who knows? Maybe I, I'll just go to you, Reese. If you if there were two teams that you'd like to face, semi-final and then final, who would they be roughly in the playoffs? And they have to be actual teams in the top six. If you had to pick first round, um, uh, just taking a look at the table, I actually wouldn't be. I wouldn't be too disappointed if things ended up as they were. Preston North End in the semi-final, and then the winner of Brentford versus Nottingham Forest. I think Nottingham Forest have been quite iffy, but I think on their day, Nottingham Forest could be could beat Nottingham uh, could be Brentford. So, and I know yeah, I know I we played right. terribly. I know I know we played terribly against them um, earlier in the season, but. Uh, I'd much rather us lose to Nottingham Forest in the final than we were than lose to Brentford. I think we've discussed this on the group so many. We've discussed this permutation so many times. In fact, I think mm. you, J Mac, have brought this up the most. You're the one who yeah. seems to be the the uh, the, the ringleader of the whole. Brentford are going to go up. Um, oh, what a terrible time for us all! Such <laughs> scenario. Yeah, and I, doomed. I, I'm, yeah, I'm not looking forward. To Fulham, to a Fulham Brentford playoff final, it would just be far too much. And I think I said this. I think I said this. You know, um, discussing after the game yesterday, I don't think I could stand it because I think what we could stand to lose in losing to Brentford far outweighs what we would win in, ter- in terms of what we'd gain in terms of beating Brentford. I would. It just doesn't bear thinking about losing in that I playoff understand. final. Yeah, no, yeah. I understand. I understand it's entirely. Negative Nigel once again. <laughs> No, no, no. I I completely get your point. It's interesting when I speak to a couple of uh, mates who are Brentford fans, which is mad that I have mates who are Brentford fans, but they they say to me that they actually really want to face us at Wembley, which tells me a lot more about how they think they'll fare. Do you know what I mean? Because I don't don't think any of us want to face Brentford at Wembley because we know that it could end up quite painful. Uh, Will, just your thoughts and who you'd like if we do remain third in the playoffs and who you'd like in the first leg and second leg. Yeah, I mean, if the top, if the third, fourth, fifth, and sixth stays how it is, I'd have to say the same. Brentford, the same. Uh, Brentford, I would not want to, you know, face in the final. Um, but Preston, I think, would be the most com- I'd be the most confident with, and then probably Forest in the final. But we still got to play them away, so we'll have to yeah. see. There's a few teams still outside of the playoffs that I would be confident with. I wouldn't be that confident with Bristol City as we've seen, but you yeah. know, Millwall, Cardiff, Blackburn, Swansea. They're all Millwall within get three in. points. Yeah, they're all within three points or six. So again, that could go down to you know the last few games, and that could completely change my confidence. But mm. yeah, it's, it's gonna get hairy. It, there's a few. <laughs> there's a few teams where I'd be like, yeah, we can win this, and there'd be a f- few teams where I'd be like, oh, please no. But if we do beat Brentford in the final, it would make the final so much better. Yeah, but but. The, just because of the confidence, I just wouldn't want to take that risk. Well, look, who knows, mate? You know, on the 18th of April, we face West Brom, and it could be that game that decides who takes second place. And if we if we do that, then the, and win the rest of the games after that, it just I don't know. 
Uh, I mean, it, it would take a bit of a sharp miracle to do that, I think, personally. But it could happen. And we're all in this together now. We've all done the sort of, we don't think that Scott Parker has been the right manager for this mold of team. But it's we're beyond that now. We need to all come together and push on and be positive and hope that we can come through this. Now, let's talk about your Parker rating so we can all bring this back to where we began. So, Mr. Reese, give me your Parker rating. Um, It's going gonna, it's gonna to be a five for me. Um. Mm-hmm. Uh, he didn't the, the team that I mean he's sort of hampered by injuries, so you can't really expect anything there. Um, well, did let down there. Um, but just during his game, his his tactical decisions during the game just didn't really inspire much confidence in me. And the fact that we had to wait for the goal to go in to change and be more tangy, it, it just didn't inspire me at all. So I, I think it's going to be a five personally. Five for Mr. Reason for you, Young Will. Yeah, I'd, I'd have to agree. Um, it could be a four or a six, but I'm going to go in the middle. I'm going to say five as well. Um, the, the subs, Johansson, so late on, um, as a defensive-minded midfielder, like we said earlier, I'd either like to see him start or like to see someone more attacking come on when we need to push for three points. Um, the starting lineup, I think, quite self-explanatory. That Nothing wrong with that. But the way we set out... We, I've said it, I'll say it again. He's not encouraging them to take enough risks. We're not pushing forward enough. Um, We're not getting the ball into the box enough. And whether that's because, you know, we don't have the skill to do that, I don't think that's the case because we've seen, we've done it in the promotion season. I think it's more, we've been told to, you know, Parker always says this, keep a structure. That structure's all good and well to, to, you know, keep hold on. But when we need goals, sometimes we've just got to take risks. And And Parker always says, you know, that this team needs a structure. This team needs this, this team needs that. And again, that's good. I think as a coach, he'll learn over time that sometimes you need to change things because he just doesn't seem to want to change at the minute. Um, but again, we'll see what happens. We still got quite a few, you know, we still got a few games left before the end of the season. And whether we'll start taking risks can really decide the end of our season. Yeah, I think Scott Parker sees himself as quite a bit of a Socrates in some ways. He keeps talking about how he wants to change the the culture and of, yeah. of Fulham and, and, and how we play. And I, I still don't really know what the feck he's talking about, to be honest. But I mean, he seems very... I, I, I can see that we are a lot better defensively and I feel... The, one of the most comfortables I've felt about us being defensive for a long time. So kudos to him for that. But it's come at a sacrifice of looking so blunt and boring going forward uh, and, you know, reversing, stop reversing and sideways and sideways and walking in doesn't work. You know, just a lack of energy. And I just, again, think it, it was very, very telling that we only decided that we had any sort of kahunas as Troy, Troy Deeney would say to actually win this game was when we started losing that's the only time I noticed a difference in the energy and where we started playing when we started losing and that's what worries me a little bit but who knows I'm going to give Scott Parker a five and a half I think just because I think maybe at about the 60th minute I said I would have taken the draw and I'm glad we got back in it and who knows a point at Ashton Gate might have be might be something we look back on fondly or miserably I don't know 
All right. Well, thank you very much to my co-host. Thank you very much to all you listening at home. If you like what you hear, please tell your friends about us. We're on Spotify. We're on Instagram. We're on Facebook. We are on Twitter. Tell your friends. We appreciate the support. And we will be back midweek with a preview of Brentford, where we will also be talking with a Brentford fan and his thoughts of Fulham FC. Should be quite interesting. All right. Stay safe. Thank you very much. (laughs) 